0: You are listening to cfcr 90.5 fm and it's time for the nerdy news it's punch radio and today in studio we have tony and kathy and brennan jody dave and we will hear from hank and craig we got a lot on the plate today uh we're gonna start with ahsoka from the star wars universe as she's kind of a new character for some people uh recently brought to light from mandalorian etc Uh, So we'll start off with that and then we're going to get into what's happening in the DC universe because the future state event is now underway and you're going to get an update on what's happening in the marble world. So as, as sporty as this show gets, uh, we will talk about the athletics of spheres, but first Tony and Kathy, tell us about Ahsoka. Why should we care about Ahsoka?
1: Um, I was Looking at uh, Ahsoka again because, of course, she showed up in The Mandalorian. And also on Amazon.com. If you're a Prime member, um, you also have access to Kindle books. And right now, the Ahsoka book that came out in 2016 is free on the Kindle app if you have Amazon Prime.
2: I did not know that. Yeah. That's that's why you're reading it because it's free. That's why I'm reading it
1: because it's free. (laughs) Free. Also, because I wanted to know more. But I'm reading it right now because it was free. It actually came out in 2016. It was written by E. K. Johnson. I heard was a New York Times number one bestseller. At
2: wow. The end of the day. So is this gonna be a book review? Are you actually doing a book review right now? No. No. It's just going because to...
1: yeah. maybe I didn't read the entire oh, book. Oh, yeah. so it's
2: some of the book. Okay. Well, you it's, tell me. Tell me how it starts.
1: It's some of the book, but it kind of bridges a gap um, in Ahsoka's history a small gap so the book is set about a year after order 66 so she's about 17 18 years old um after or- order 66 she kind of is hapless and she doesn't know what to do she thinks all the jedi have been killed she thinks anakin is dead uh, all of her clone friends are dead um except rex because she saved rex But, you know, she thinks everybody's dead, Mm -hmm. and that maybe the Empire is looking for her. So she's hiding out. She's calling herself Ashla. She's um, living as a mechanic on uh, a couple of different worlds. She's on Rata, the
2: planet. So basically, then, you're looking at she, at this point, is just right after Order 66. So it's... During or right after the attack or the uh, the clone one is the third one, I don't know the Star Wars very well, but it's- <laughs> you don't know the Star Wars, really I don't know well? the Star Wars, really well, but the oh, third one, no. no. <laughs> so, so then the book itself is kind of nothing has been is it in continuity then what's happening with the book, or I imagine so, right?
1: Yes, part of the book kind of overlaps a little bit with Rebels in a way so the books like i said uh, it starts kind of at the end of order order 66 um and then it goes towards the end where she gets recruited by bail organa to join the resistance oh cool and we kind of see her at that point in rebels when she's fulcrum let's, okay the- so
2: let's go back then so who okay. is a soko ahsoka tano then what, who is she where does she come from
1: okay so ahsoka tano was um, recruited as a three-year-old by the guy we just got a figure from. Plo Koon. Master, Master plokoon Plo He he recruited
2: her. He's got a cool face. He does have he has a cool a, face. It's like a, um, a vent, a uh, or whatever, like a venti- and tentacle thing. yeah, thingies yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, then uh, she became, at about the age of fourteen, she became uh, Padawan to Anakin. Master Yoda kind of forced her on Anakin because they were very similar characters. She had a little bit of a problem with attachment. She was kind of cocky and snippy. In fact, Anakin called her Snips. Snips became her. Oh,
2: yes. Her. This nickname. is, all, yes, and this is all on the, the Clone Wars, right? The this beginning. is the Clone yes, Wars. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And, and um, Master Yoda thought that Anakin having her as a Padawan would make him more mature and kind of get him out of that. But really, uh, it seems like they kind of just fed off each other. Yeah. They they both had a little bit problems with the way that Jedi did things. They were
2: a little bit contrary to the way the jedi wanted them to do things so uh, the thing about ahsoka that i don't understand is where did she like how did she just explode recently like we went from ahsoka in in clone wars people liked her and then even in rebels you know she was kind of in rebels and she was interesting but she really exploded um like mandalorian i think
1: yeah i i think she's kind of the thread that goes through all of the shows like you can follow her timeline mm. the the only place she doesn't actually show up is in the original three movies yes like the you know the the original three but she's uh you can you can track her arc through the prequels um and then towards the end even in she's even shows up in the, the as a force goes to ray uh
2: in the rise of skywalker in the rise of skywalker so yes so Oh, I have something to say about that. Go ahead. Too. You go want to say it now? Yeah, go okay.
1: ahead. Okay. So, Ahsoka in uh, was it the Rebels? Yeah, at the end of the Rebels. Oh wait, I gotta I gotta back up. Okay, back up. I gotta back up. <laughs> okay. I gotta back up because there's a, there's a thing that happens in uh, Clone Wars. So, Ahsoka actually died in Clone Wars on a planet called Mortis, where there were three strong Force beings: a dad, a son, and a daughter, and they kind of represented the balance of the Force. So the, the son was evil. He was. kind of sith-like and the daughter was very you know good force jedi-ish or whatever Um, the daughter had a force animal it was an owl called mori anyway the son actually killed ahsoka the daughter transferred her force life whatever her force whatever into ahsoka to save her kind of like what happened in the rise of skywalker oh with, where Ben uh, and ray yeah they
2: ben saved ray so this happened before rise of skywalker this oh long like, before but this actually was even written before that as well yeah yeah, so yeah. this was in this the is, clone wars this was in the clone wars yeah.
1: yeah so she died she was revived by a lady who had an uh animal named mori uh a little owl so I tell that story because Morai is part of the next story. So in oh, yeah. in, 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 in Rebels, at make, the end of Rebels... Make it happen. Go okay. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> make it work. Go for it.
1: At the end of Rebels, <laughs> yes, there's a bit of a time warpy thing. Do you remember that at the end of Rebels? Yes. Yes. They go into a cavern and everyone can
2: move in through time. Right.
1: Yeah. So Ahsoka's fighting... Darth Vader and she just found out that actually Anakin was Darth Vader before that she thought that Anakin had died yes um and she didn't know that Darth Vader was actually Anakin until around that episode-ish or whatever so they're in a big lightsaber duel and it's looking like Ahsoka's gonna get skewered Ezra <laughs> I like the way like. skewered <laughs>
2: skewered skewered by the lightsaber skewered, yes. skewered
1: by the laser sword
2: laser sword skewering
1: yeah so Ezra's in the
2: in-between
1: space. Uh, I don't know what, what else to call it. Ezra's,
2: Ezra's the, the Chachi kid, right? He was, he's the, he a, the yes, Chachi he's,
1: kid. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. He's like one of the
1: last remaining Jedi.
2: Chachi kid. Go on. Okay. Very
1: much like Anakin yes. and Ahsoka in that he's, he's kind of snotty to start with and contrary and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and he, he matures towards the end of the show. Um, but he gets into this between here and there space, where he has access to time travel and stuff. So Morai, the owl, shows up in this in-between space. I
2: do remember this, yes.
1: And Mori guides him to where Ahsoka's going to get skewered, and he reaches through and grabs her from time and space into that in-between time and saves her into this in-between time. So now back up to the time. Where I was telling you about... Yeah, you,
2: you got like her, a minute to figure, okay, finish okay. this up. You got,
1: you got to finish <laughs> so, this up.
2: This so, the longest story ever. Finish up in a minute. Go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. When she's saying to Rey, Yes. blah, 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 as the force goes. Maybe she's not dead.
2: Oh, she might be in the uh, between uh, time. In that
1: between thing. Because she actually went back to that. After to learn some things. Yeah, I don't
2: like this whole thing where people jump in time and stuff like that because it just makes it leaves it open for too many things to happen. Like, to so then, everything. So like, where's like, we're, we're is this, yeah, like yeah. where, where's Ahsoka from and this Mandalorian? Anyway, before we go, I just want to say two things. She kind of kicks butt. Yeah. She's pretty awesome. And yes. I never liked her as much as I do in the Mandalorian. I think that she's like she stole the show uh that episode because she's so kick-ass with the two lightsabers, and I'm really hoping that the uh, the new series that they're going to be coming out with Ahsoka is just as good. I think so too. I yeah. hope she
1: goes to find Ezra and Admiral Thrawn. I think she was right not to train Grogu and I think Luke is wrong. You He's
2: think wrong Luke though. was wrong? It's, that, yeah. Well, He's it's, wrong. Everyone has an opinion. So, <laughs> oh, thanks Kathy for that awesome <laughs> <She's> <laughs> telling Ahsoka, wrong. Ahsoka <laughs> story of all the things that uh, <laughs> happened there. Thank you. All right. <laughs>
0: Well, I learned a thing or two, and I'm going to learn a thing or two more because Brennan is going to educate us a little bit on the new DC event that's happening, Future State. Take it away.
3: Okay. So before I even begin, I just want to to state that I wasn't planning on sort of getting caught up in the whole Future State experience. Um, I've been a DC fan for a long time, and ever since crisis on infinite earths back in the 80s every time they have some big crossover or some new thing i'm just like ah whatever you've been there done that i don't need to read it again so i i wasn't really looking forward to this at all except for when i saw the cover of of justice league Um, i thought it looked really cool i liked the the makeup of the team uh, especially since they had uh, joe Mullane from the far sector green lantern on the team so i'm like okay i'll get justice league i'll try that, that out and then when I got to the store, I kind of picked up Green Lantern and thought, yeah, that looks pretty cool. I'll check that out. And then I heard people saying Dark Detective was supposed to be good. I'm like, well, I should get that one. And if I'm getting that one, then I should also get the next Batman to compare them. So those are the four titles I'll be talking about that just came out this week. So the idea of Future State is it's DC after the whole uh, death metal. Everything's changed. The universe is going to, we have the multiverse. It's all colliding. Things are happening. Um, If you haven't read it yet, Wonder Woman saves the day. Spoiler, but you should have it by now. So now they're kind of playing with this future timeline where we have different characters that are kind of from different universes getting to be together and kind of play together and things. So the first issue I figured out, uh, I picked up was Justice League. Um, Oh, and also I I should, uh, we have this group called the Magistrate, which is like this private security company that um, is in Gotham when it gets to the Batman one in particular, who is... Uh, This private security force and it's like a new world order kind of thing and people are fighting against it So but first let's talk about Justice League So in this one the first thing I liked right off the bat is that for once we actually have a team that is equal in members So we have Superman Batman and the flash and then we have Wonder Woman Green Lantern and Aquaman woman So for once we don't have the Wonder Woman syndrome where it's the one female character with five guys standing around it's actually half and half, which is, which is nice. It's a good change for once. What I really like when you read the description of the characters at the beginning, so like Superman, for example, is the, the son of Superman, Lois Lane. Woman is the daughter of Aquaman and Mera. Um, but the Flash, when they refer to the Flash, they use the pronoun they. So I'm not sure if it's happened before in a DC comic, but it's the first time I've come across Um, someone being referred to as not he or she, but they, and throughout the comic, even the other characters refer to the Flash as they throughout the comic. So I thought that was, I thought that was a nice move forward. Um, The artwork is, is great. It looks beautiful. The story is really interesting. The Legion of Doom has a big plan. and Of course, things might not work out as, as what they seem. In the backstory, a lot of these comics have two stories. So this one has a Justice League dark story in the back where we discover what's happening to all the magicians and sorcerers and wizards and things. Uh, Merlin has taken over and he's laying waste to everyone and Xantana and Detective Chimp are trying to figure out what is going on. So that's in Justice League. In Future State, uh, Green Lantern, we again have three different stories. The first one follows Jon Stewart and he's on a planet with some other Green Lanterns and they're trying to rescue this uh, race of beings who are being attacked. What we find out right from the beginning, that they no longer have their power rings. Something has happened to the main lantern, and they don't have their power source. So every story shows us what's happening to the Green Lanterns without their power source. The John Stewart story is, is not bad. Some of the artwork, I found the perspectives kind of weird. It was okay. didn't really grab me. The second story in the Green Lantern one is a Jessica Cruz story, where she's alone on a ship. A bunch of Green Lanterns were supposed to meet there, and she was the only one who showed up. She's by herself for a year, and then three of Sinistro's henchmen shown up. So for some reason, Sinistro is now the leader of the galaxy, and the Yellow Lantern still works. But for some reason, the Green Lantern power is gone, and we don't know why yet. So she has to fight off these three Lanterns by herself without her power. The backstory is a Guy Gardner story. I was never a Guy Gardner fan. He is on a planet, he tries to stop this battle, and in the middle of trying to stop it, his, his ring goes dead. So, in every story, we see the effects of the green powers, the green lantern suddenly no longer having power, and what he does to help this planet while he's stuck there for 25 years. Uh, The Dark Detective is Batman meets Blade Runner. Um, And now, spoiler, but it's on the second page, so it's not that much of a spoiler. Uh, Bruce Wayne is dead. Batman has been declared dead, but of course, we see Bruce Wayne looking at his own grave. The future is very Blade Runner esque, the way it kind of looks. And the magistrate has taken care of all the crime and things in Gotham. But again, it's very New World Order-ish. They're rounding up all the masks, trying to capture all the heroes. The backstory is a grifter story. I've never read the grifter, but man, it is such a good story. Out of all of them, it was probably my favorite one. And partly because it's smaller. Uh, The grifter is uh, hired by uh, Luke Fox to basically get him out of Gotham, to get him out of the city. And it's kind of cross- of a superhero story meets crime story. Um, it's a smaller plot, but I love the way The Grifter was was written. It's really funny. And it was, yeah, a nice kind of crime comic meets uh, superhero comic. The last one I read was the next Batman. So we have Batman comes back. We don't know a lot about him. We don't see his face. Um, I think the implication is uh, this will be uh, Luke Fox coming as, as the future state Batman. The second story is uh, Cantana, and we discover the Outsiders are actually a group outside of Gotham. The Magistrate can't, I guess, leave Gotham. So on the outskirts, the Outsiders are building their own resistance and things. And then the last one is the Knights of Arkham. So we have Astrid Arkham, who has gathered some villains from Arkham Asylum, and she has her own, like, Knight of the Round Table kind of group, and they're trying to do good by getting rid of the bad guys. Overall, for something that I wasn't excited about, And didn't really want to read i enjoyed all these comics a lot they were all really really good so i'm hoping as the future ones come out they'll be just as good if i was going to kind of rank them in some particular order i think overall i liked justice league the best just because of the artwork the way the story moved the inner relationship between the characters and things probably the second one probably dark detective the batman story isn't groundbreaking as far as plot wise but the art is awesome and i loved the grifter story like really Again, small detective story with superheroes. It was great. Third, Green Lantern. I love the Jessica Cruz story and Guy Gardner story. The John Stewart one is okay. Just I don't know, fighting with swords on a space planet. It was like, meh, whatever. And then the last one would be the next Batman. And not that it's it's really that much worse or anything. There, there's all really good reads. So if you were someone who maybe has been put off by DC over the last little while pick up the future state stuff because they seem to be having fun and uh they're making some good stories so i would go check it out believe okay. it or not check it out. it's good
0: thank you all right well we're going to throw things over to hank and craig with their pop culture picks for the week and then very very quickly before we wrap up we will uh just go over the marble league stats so take it away hank and craig
4: this is Craig Silliphant, and I'm here with my good friend Hank Cruz on Punch Radio. Uh, now, before we jump in, we should quickly say we obviously have a lot of cross-side projects and, and sister projects to Punch. Uh, we mentioned the Feedback Society last week, and you, uh, we used to throw people to at Hank and Kelso on social media for all your reviews and stuff like that, but you've had a bit of a brand change. We, we switched it over now. After several years
5: of running Hank and Kelso with a non-existent Kelso, We finally decided that enough was enough. And now it is at Fisher Cruise because of Mike Fisher and Hank Cruise. That's right. Movie reviews with Fisher and Cruise. Yeah. So now it's Mike from SAS Expo and I. Uh, We're dishing out all the uh, reviews and everything. So
4: uh, you'll get more content this way. Premium content. VIP. Same great content, just more of it. So you can find it at, what was it? At Fisher Cruise? At Fisher Cruise. Cool. All right. Well, we're gonna jump in today and talk about a few things. So, uh, what do you want to start with? What do you got? You know, I'm gonna start to, because I'm still worked up.
5: That's uh, last night. The family, the two kids, my wife and I, we sat down to watch this Netflix movie called Charming. It's a, a fun premise for an animated movie. Curses a child, Prince Felipe, Felipe, Charming, compulsively proposes to every woman he encounters leaving a trail of lovesick ladies and scorned lovers to wreak vengeful havoc on the kingdom if charming does not marry someone by the end of his 21st birthday the curse will take over the kingdom and ruin the love and ruin the lives of everyone blah 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 so he needs to go on a quest to decide on who he's gonna marry and he meets the one girl a strong female character who is not affected by his charms what so obviously she needs to dress up as a dude to help him on his quest to marry someone and obviously they eventually fall in love with each other and by eventually i mean she falls in love within five minutes of meeting this guy and he's too dumb till the end of the movie to realize it's true love long way for her to tell him that she's feeling the true love is to go buy a princess dress and get all girled up for him anywho surprisingly Like an episode of The Bachelor, Charming narrowed down his list of potential brides to three princesses, Snow White, Cinderella, and Sleeping Beauty. More surprising is that they use Disney princesses, and I know, I don't know what you call it, public domain, I'm sure, because anybody can use them, but why would you anger the mouse and portray them as lifeless, ditzy doorknobs? The most surprising thing is that for a film that obviously was supposed to be about girl power, it was written and directed by a man, of course. You know what? I read a quote last night in IMDb as I, was, as I was angered. And the quote was, this movie is an entire dumpster's worth of sexist trash that is determined to set feminism back 19 decades or so. And that's the truth. Also, don't even get me started on the racist stuff that's in there. And this film, it stars Fez from the 70s show, Demi Lovato, Avril Levine, and John Cleese playing an offensive on many levels fairy godmother it was made in 2018 uh released internationally but it just scored its north american release last week definitely the worst film of 2018 when it came out i guess and definitely for me the worst film of 2021 nothing could be worse than this Uh, i dished out a nine out of a hundred don't ever watch this film and especially don't
4: ever watch it with your kids charming on next netflix skip it skip it what if I, what if I need to watch uh, something bad to pad out my like worst list for 2021? You know, I, I just, I don't think you'd feel good about yourself afterwards. <laughs> I think,
5: uh, I think you would, uh, I don't know if you could recover.
4: <laughs> well, that's fair. I mean, I do a lot of things where I don't feel good about. Well, how, how about, how about tell us something? You must have something good to tell people to watch, right? You must have something. I do. Well, I have something anyway that the jury's not quite out on yet, but it was definitely what I saw was good. And and I know you watched it, too, so I'll get your thoughts after. But uh, Disney Plus released the first Marvel content in like a year or so uh, with WandaVision, the story of uh, Wanda the Scarlet Witch and Vision, who, if memory serves, uh, actually, well, maybe a little bit of a spoiler here, but not really because the movies are over a year old, Uh, but Vision dies at the end of the uh, movie run. And of course now he is in this and the premise is basically that like Wanda and Vision are living in the suburbs in like a 1950s television sitcom, much like I Love Lucy or, or more closely probably to like Bewitched or something like that. And they're basically going through like the, you know, the sort of goofy sitcom plot that you'd go through, uh, you know, the, the boss is coming over for dinner after work and, and she misunderstands, uh, you know, what he's saying and, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, now, there's obviously something else going on without giving anything in a way we get little glimpses of the fact that like, you know, she's obviously in this different reality for a reason. We don't know why we don't know how we don't know if she's she's created it, or, or if she's being held a prisoner there. Uh, but um, so there's been two episodes drop, and what I would say is like they were they were really good. I really like the the different direction that uh, that they're taking. Too many times in these comic book movies, we have to just stick to the like things that the masses know. Like yeah, Spiderman, uh, you know he's got the powers of a spider and he's going to fight the Green Goblin. There's never uh, well I should say I shouldn't say never because Into the Spider Verse was also a good uh, diversion from this, but they're rare that the that all the great stories that are told in comics. Uh, including Vision had a book that I read recently where like he moves to the suburbs and creates a family. And it's kind of just a different take on the whole thing. Uh, So those kinds of things are really cool. And the the movies don't usually do that. And now they're sort of wandering into that territory Marvel is. So uh, the question is, though, even after the first two episodes, my wife watched it with me. She's not she doesn't normally watch any Marvel stuff. But she was like, okay, well, it was entertaining. But like, I don't know that I want to watch a whole show about just two superheroes kind of stuck in a sitcom. And I was like, fair enough. Like the stories are really well told, which they have to be because it has to hold your attention for a half hour. Uh, you know, so that sitcom story plot line has to work. However, uh, like it, if it doesn't pick up soon, I, I agree. I don't know that I could watch six or 12 episodes of, of them just being like stuck in a sitcom for some reason. I did read somewhere though, that like in episode three, things are supposed to open up a bit more uh so we'll see if that happens when the, when the next episode drops uh, this week but what what did you think of it hank i really loved the first
5: episode i love something that's different so as nothing that uh, has been on uh, um in, in terms of marvel before that that i think the way that they were rocking it out uh my 11 year old loved it my six year old walked away and said, uh, No, I don't like old things as <laughs> any left. Um, but episode two, it did. I'm like, if it keeps up like that, it would be very boring. So I'm hoping that the next episode here, it really uh, picks things up or does some more different things. So uh, Catherine Hahn, um, as a uh, support in a supporting role here, she's awesome too. I love her. So that, that part was cool.
4: Yeah, she's great as the neighbor. The funny thing about the, the black and white, uh, I had a similar conversation with my son who's seven. And he was like, I was watching something on TV that was black and white. And he was like, oh, I don't know. I don't like this. It's all old timey. And I was like kind of explaining to him why they had like black and white back then. And sometimes it looks beautiful. And then we were watching a movie called The Gunfighter on Sunday that I had just got the Criterion disc for. And it's Gregory Peck, 1950, black and white. And he was kind of got sucked into it, into the story. And then he was like, dad, some of these black and whites look really good. And I was just like, yeah, there you go, kid. (laughs) I'm proud of you now. Uh, anyway, well, that's probably all the uh, time we've got uh, for today. So check out WandaVision and don't check out Charming. That's what—that's our agreement. Exactly. Cool. And check out Fisher Cruise uh, wherever you get your uh, hot reviews. Hey, that rhymed too. I like it. All right. Back to Joe. There you go.
0: Okay. Well, we have like a minute. So um, oh. just the Marble League is back up and running. It's the winter special. Uh, We just had the third event on the weekend, speed skating, and uh, the next one is going to be bobsled, which is always a huge crowd pleaser. Oceanics are leading uh, the way right now, but Thunderbolts are really close behind, Hazers are really close behind, and then everybody else kind of falls after that. So... Yeah. yeah, it's
3: a really beautiful uh, event, the way they put together, like, the stands and the settings and stuff. Uh, Marble Olympics is evolving every time they do a new series. Um, and yeah, the winter look.
0: It's beautiful. So go check it out. You can find it on YouTube. Yele's Marble Runs. And that wraps up another episode of Punch Radio. So tune in next week. We are going to talk about uh, more pop culture fun. And I will definitely clue you in on a new book that I've been reading uh, called Ghost Rider, which is really, really great. Ghost writer, not ghost rider. All right. In the meantime, keep your dupes up.